For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. So before we start this match, I just wanted to ask you a question. Oh, Roxy? Wow. What is oh, boy. here? Will you accept this L? Pluto. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Schmodown Rundown. Introducing first, Frankie Stan Janet. And the host of the Schmodown Rundown, Brad Gilmore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Schmodown Rundown, the official episode of the movie trivia Schmodown. My name is Brad Gilmore, but you might know me by another name. You might know me as... The boat, or... Oh, my God, you're my dream boat, for sure. Oh, does it? Just one more time. Oh, my God, you're my oh. dream boat, for sure. Drunk with power. You might know me as the dream boat, according to Leah Thompson. And joining me in a dark and cloudy room, he's a man, I think. He is West Coast Frank. <laughs> there it is. There, that's, that's what the people want to hear, really. Uh, what's going on, Bray? What do you want to talk about this week? What do, we, what do you want to do? Well, we have some Schmodown stuff to get to, yeah. so we're going to do that, but if you are a Movie Trivia Schmodown patron, if you are, are you a patron or are you a Patreon? Patron. I think you're a patron. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. That's very confusing to me. I don't it's know how Patreon, it is. Patreon, yeah. but then it's patron. Yeah. You know? Like the patron. I don't really get it. You're a patron. I mean, I get it. Like no, a customer, I get it, but I don't know? get it. I don't get it. You know? Like, why can't you be a Patreon member? You could say that as well, but I think it's just shorthand as patron. But patrons are, it doesn't matter. Um, if you are a patron or a Patreon member of the Movie Trees Roadout Patreon, $10 and up tier, you've been getting these exhibition matches. I believe there have been three that have been released. The Champions Exhibition, the New Releases Exhibition, and the one that the world was waiting on! The Back to the Future Exhibition Match between... Frank Hugh Boy Janish, also known as West Coast Frank. There it is. We also had 
the man known as Jay Washington. Oh, I don't know about that one, but okay. <laughs> He's very dreamy. Yeah. He's very dreamy. And last but not least, he is the inner geekdom champion of the world, Kevin Smith. <laughs> perfect. It is perfect. Andy, of course, you had me, the oh dreamboat. Oh, my God, you're my dreamboat. Um, yeah, sure. okay. <laughs> this, is, this is Kevin Smith. And what's funny is the button on my little pad, like, they're different colors. And I made this one green. Because that's the inner geekdom color, and right. I always think of Kevin Smets when I see inner geekdom, and then it sounds just like Kevin Smets. Gotcha. See, that makes sense. I like how you color-coded it. I did color-code it. Um, so that is the big match going down the Back to the Future Championship. Really excited for the folks to go out and watch that. I've heard a lot of great feedback. I think I'm actually doing somebody's podcast. Uh, who I think Jake probably, Berlin. Shout out to Jake yeah, Berlin. Yeah, you should probably figure that Wait, out. Yeah. Well, hey, I... <laughs> Brother, the requests keep coming in. Oh, I'm right, sure. They stop. They don't stop for the boat. Um, the boat's been getting requests left and right. Jake Berlin, I'm going to be doing his show uh, to spoil heavy the Back to the Future Schmodown match. I think that I'm allowed to do that. If not, Christian, text me because this comes out Saturday and I do it Monday, so we got time to stop it. Um, I also thought about doing a watch along on my own channel, but that's neither here nor there. I'm excited for the people to see this one, West Coast Frank. And we were expecting to do Mark Andreco. Uh, but I guess that he was too scared yeah. to go one-on-one-on-one-on-one. On one on one on one. So uh, Jay Washington came in as a last-second replacement. And uh, also, it was announced that Emma Fife dropped out of the Bond match. They talked about that on backstage. She wasn't able to do the Bond yeah, match. Yeah. So it's me, Tim Franco, Mike Kalinowski for the James Bond exhibition. I don't know if that's a championship match. I'm confused on what's championship and what's not. I think not. they're all championships. Why not? I mean, but they're not they're like once all a year, championships. you know? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is it a championship match if there aren't five rounds? I mean, that's a fair point. That's a fair point because uh, I think the Rocky one is is a five championship. Rounds. It's five rounds, right? Mm-hmm. So, was but was the championship four way champions a championship? That wasn't a championship. Yeah, that was true. an exhibition just, of the champion. Straight, straight up exhibition. Yeah, and no, that's a good point. But you know, it's exhibition. Who cares? It's five-rounder. I, I mean, mean, it could have been anybody's game. You, you never know. We'll true. never know what happens. This was a three-rounder. But I tell you, the feedback that I've gotten, people are saying it's their favorite exhibition match. That's what people have told me. And I'm not just being the boat right now. People have said this is the best exhibition. Yeah, I mean, this, of, of the three. But you know what? There is a programming note we should make note of, and that's the Jurassic Park match. That one has been, mm. has been bumped up the schedule to release – um, this coming week, and you know you have Perry Nemiroff in there, obviously Jurassic Park, Cody Hall, but it also uh, to switch some gears here uh, does have the Barbarian uh, in that match, and that's the specific specific reason um, that match was moved up because uh, we did get some unfortunate news. Um, Craig his real life name uh unfortunately his his wife passed away from cancer recently and um it's to my understanding there's something in that in that match or in that taped version uh of the Jurassic Park match that has some sort of I guess I don't know really how to describe it as I have not seen it but um but that's the reason why it's moved up so but it but besides all that uh just 
thoughts and prayers to Craig and his family and everyone um, that loved his wife, Sonia. Um, it's tough to go through that, and uh, I was definitely heartbroken to hear about it because it happened pretty suddenly, and um, just all the best to Craig. And there's a GoFundMe for, for Craig and all the expenses that come along with this sort of thing. So if you have uh, the means, you know, go ahead and find that uh, GoFundMe link. It's all over Twitter and on the Shmodan Facebook page. Um, and if you can donate, you know, um, it's definitely uh, appreciated. And I think like Roka said on backstage, just even your words uh, mean, a whole, mean, mean the world of difference in a, in a time like this. Yeah, um, definitely go contribute if you can to the GoFundMe. I, I did myself. I, I contributed. Um, I, I, I don't think that Craig and I have ever met. Um, I know we were both at the he, – he was at the draft, right? Yes. I do remember him, I think, at the draft. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. He I had don't, that, I don't think, like that gold yeah. jacket type of uh, Ric Flair yeah. type of looking jacket there. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. So I don't think that he and I crossed paths that day in particular. We've I know I know he's listened to a couple of rundowns and and we've talked to each other a little bit online. Yeah, very limited, um, and he's very new to the schmodown. But uh, this this community always sticks together. We always come to support our own. And I um I I had heard that his wife was ill, and obviously being ill at any time is is bad. During a pandemic, is a little bit worse. Um, I don't. I don't know all the details of it. I'm not going to pretend to know what exactly happened, but I. I do know that she passed, and you know, my condolences out to to Craig and and his family and her family. Um, I. I can't even imagine what he must be going through and feeling at this time. Um, I know Paul Preston organized right. the uh, the GoFundMe, and it's uh, unfortunately Paul just went through something and is continuing to go through something similar, and just my my love is out to both of them and how they um, have continued on because you kind of, you, you get with this person and you, and you think, okay, this is it, you know, ride or die all the way, you know, to the end. And, and sometimes, you know, there's a different plan for everybody and you, you're not exactly sure why or, or what the circumstances were that brought you into this. But uh, as, as corny as it sounds at times, I'm, I'm a very big believer in, in, in things happen and, and, and God won't give you more than you can handle and so just my, my, my thoughts are with Craig. Next time I see him, man, like I'm just going to give him and Elvis yeah. a big hug. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the both of them. Because we were in a um, in Atlanta. It was me and, and Roxy and, and Ben and Roca and Christian and the whole gang, the whole gaggle of folks, Dagnino. And two separate occasions in this big van, the Sprinter van that was captained by PJ Campbell. Um, two separate occasions – Barbarian came up as I think the first time we got in the car and Christian was like, "Y'all, th- do y'all think Barbarian's gonna be the champion this year?" And everybody was pretty much like, oh, "I could, I could see that happening. It wouldn't <laughs> shock me." Yeah. And then on the way after the show, it, he came up again, like, "Is it the Barbarian just the best?" And we had this whole conversation about Barbarian and Elvis. So he's he's quickly found his way into the hearts and minds of everybody in the movie tree showdown community, and it's just mm-hmm. terrible, man. I, I don't really know what else to say other than just, you know, God bless and yeah. my prayers are with y'all. Um, it, it's rough. It's a rough thing. And um, just if you can support his GoFundMe, definitely do that. It's um, I think everything helps. And, uh, you know, just get, get, get better, buddy. And, you know, prayers up. That's all I can. That's all I can say, man. Absolutely. Um, I want to echo, though, what Ben 
and John did on backstage. And just, you know, for the next few seconds, we're just going to take a moment of silence and uh, remember Sonia and uh, pay our respects. So again, our um, thoughts and prayers are with everybody in that. And and let's all, I, I know that we're all, even though the match is taped, I don't know what the result is, but we're all going to be rooting for Craig yeah. on Saturday. And if he's anything like he, we have seen him so far in the movie trivia showdown in this Jurassic Park match, holy hell, because Perry and Cody had one of the all-timers as far as yes. the exhibitions go in their Jurassic Park uh, Iron Man match. I don't think this one's an Iron Man. I think it's a regular match, if I do have that correct. I think it is a regular match. Yes. I don't know. We'll, we'll see <laughs> on Wednesday when it's released. We'll see, but I'm excited I'm excited yeah. to see it nevertheless, so definitely go check that out. Where do you stand on the new Jurassic Park movies? Are you, are you, are you fine with them? No. When I say new, I mean anything after Jurassic Park 1. <laughs> it's just oh, well, you know what? I'm, I'm cool with the first three. I really am. Like, and, and like it kind of like... Actually, like three a lot more than than I recall. It's kind of like I like Kingdom's Crystal Skull for me, um, where I was like, it kind of got a bad rap, but part three is works for me. Then you get into the, all the new Jurassic World stuff, and uh, yeah, not great for me. But I will say, this was I don't know how many months ago. There was a short that Colin Trevorrow made. It's on YouTube. It's like eleven or twelve minute. Uh, short of Jurassic World, and it is great. It's and it's because it's a very isolated story. You know, dinosaurs are loose in the world now, and it's this family, a couple of families are out in like their campers and whatnot. It's if you've seen it, then you know what I'm talking about. It's and if, have you seen it, Brad? I you know. No, I've seen, about? I know about it. Yeah, I know about I'm it, telling you, go see it. It is so good. It's it's great. And if if the new Jurassic Park movies could emulate that type of feeling, that's and. The, Everything that's going on with that little short, uh, the franchise will be in a great position. But I just don't have high hopes for that. So we'll see. But yeah. You, you want to know my rankings just real quick? Not that it matters, and then we'll get into the match. But my ranking is this. Jurassic Park. Okay. Oh, man. This is about to be controversial. Jurassic Park. Jurassic don't, World. Don't do that. Don't do that. Jurassic Jurassic Park 3. Oh, what? Lost World. Lost World. And then uh, whatever the last one was called. Fallen Kingdom, yeah, yeah. I like that first one, man. I like that first Jurassic. Oh, the first World. one's great. I mean, the first ones are always like Indiana Jones, like Raiders. You're never gonna top Raiders. Jaws, like the first, like come on, like well, you're just you know, and, and again, it's all Steven Spielberg. So there you go. Uh, except for, you know, so. Uh, but you know what? I do want to bring up this one thing. Uh, okay. That I don't know, you know if I agree with Raiders is the best one, but just go ahead. Well, it is. So last crusade. <laughs> Look. Okay, I don't want to get into it, but because this isn't a Indiana Jones. Junior. <laughs> um, right. So normally, I go after we have a rundown episode that's posted on YouTube. I go back and look at the comments and you know reply to some of them. And uh, there's this one comment that that's kind of uh, that kind of stood out to me. It was posted mm-hmm. a couple days ago, and it says in it reads, "I'm a Schmodown fan." 
And damn, I really tried to follow the rundown, but the blanking narcissistic and arrogant attitude that Brad feels the need to constantly display is just excruciatingly pathetic to watch. Sorry, Brad, I'm sure you're a cool guy in real life, but your character here makes me want to befriend Thanos and ask him to snap you the blank away. Oh, man. I didn't wow. see this one. Yeah. this Like I said, it was like a couple of days. Yeah. Um, um, what was this guy's name on, on YouTube? Gabriel LaRue. Hey, Gabriel LaRue. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> he's not watching. You sound like an idiot. You know, LaRue, why don't you, why, why don't you uh, or LaRue, start a GoFundMe? Sure. Yeah. Go, go, go start a GoFundMe and a Patreon and buy a real last name. <laughs> secondly, secondly, you should apologize to your mother for all the filthiness that just came out of your mouth. I think that you are the bottom of the barrel of, of, of idiots. You're at the literal bottom of it. And you could try as much as you want to climb your way to the top, but there's nothing that you will ever be able to do to make it out of that barrel. For the rest of your life, you, your children, and your children's children will be branded with the curse of the Yelnats from the movie Holes, and no amount of onions or peaches can save you because, as if only, if only, the woodpecker sighs, the bark on the tree was as soft as the skies, and you're soft because you can't take it in the real world, Jack. What was his name again? Gabriel. Gabriel, this is the soundtrack to your life. Well, and this is the soundtrack to mine. Well, I thought I thought you were gonna play the oh dreamboat. Yeah, that you're one. My dream boat, I thought the sure. the other one that was mine, but I guess okay, we're sharing. It's funny because what people don't know is in real life, Frank Janish is the biggest heel in the world. I mean, just what a dirt well, bag. Well, some people apparently and, also <laughs> think that on this show. So uh, that is I true. You are a heel commentator. It's bleeding well, over. Is what's really going on now. You know, Frank, I think some people, they look at the boat, and I understand. Do I you, understand. Do you? You know, um, you, as the great Jay, so right here, this, this, uh, this oh, frame wow. right here okay. is a tweet from Jay-Z to me, right? It's a tweet to me. And, it, and, it, and, and, this, and this is something I want to say right now about, about, what's the guy's name again? Gabriel LaFleur? Sure. Okay. This is what I want to say about Mr. LaFleur. <laughs> this, is, this is from Jay-Z. He said, You know the type, loud as a motorbike, but wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. Look at that. And I'm going to end it with what Jay-Z said to me. Facts only. Facts right, only. Why don't, we talk, why don't we talk about the match, though? Because you, you wanted to get me riled up for some unknown reason. Yeah. Well, uh, at, 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 Brad, to be at honest. Peter LaFleur. <laughs> There's not a whole lot going on right now this week, so you know we're digging deep here. It's true, um, digging deep. You know, uh, I I still stand by somebody comparing me to Sloth from the Goonies was like the most <laughs> hurtful comment I've it's, gotten. Yeah, that one is funny. That's that, funny. The other one was hurtful. Yeah. Um, but anyway, enough about Peter Lafleur. He's going to be losing with these losers in Las Vegas at the ADAA International Dodgeball Invitational. Right. I just look, look. I don't know. I don't know Peter Lafleur. Mm-hmm. 
But he better he better practice the five D's of dodgeball. He's gonna come at the boat again. That's dodge, duck, D's, duck, right. dip, dive, and dodge. All right. No <laughs> oh, poor game. See that's the thing. If if you is it? Oh, I thought it was Peter. Um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. At the end it doesn't of the show, matter be, what his name is. It's gonna be John Johnny at the end of the episode. I don't know. All right. Well, Peter, uh, I hope you have a good rest of your life, and uh, I hope that you enjoy this episode of The Rundown. <laughs> I'm sure he's thrilled. I'm sure he's thrilled, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not like you fed into his point at all, so it's, you know. That was really a Look, point. Here's the thing, man. But it was more of a observation on his end, I guess. But anyways, yeah, let's let's get into the match, you know? No? Yes? Do you think it was the, well, do you think okay. it was the dreamboat stuff that got him? Do you think that's what got him riled up? Yeah, I th- well, I think it's probably been building for a little bit, and then... The Dreamboat stuff just sent him over the edge. I was like, that's it, you know. It's time to finally type a strongly typed message on on YouTube of all places. So, Yeah. You know somebody one time, it was one of the greatest things that ever happened on the Hall of Fame, is there was this issue with Booker T and I. Uh, there was this issue going on in the wrestling world, and Booker like made like a pretty opinionated stance on it. And people were calling him uh, a very inappropriate term. Right, mm-hmm. and um, not that one, but okay. uh, an equally an equally right. offensive one, and Still. and and he said, and he said, he goes, if anybody who's typing that on YouTube wants to come say it to my face right now, I'm at the Intercontinental Hotel on Wilshire <laughs> Boulevard in Los Angeles, California, on the forty second floor, and he gave out his room number. I can't remember what he's like. Room seventeen. Come, come, knock on my door and say it to my face right now. Oh my gosh! Come, come, say it to my face right now. I dare you. <laughs> That's what I wish I was Booker T. There, there, there are many reasons I wish I was Booker T. At times, that is a chief amongst them. It's just be like, hey, uh, I know you're talking, but come say it to my face, and then let's just see if you keep the, <laughs> keep the same energy, Peter Lafleur. You know, it's all right. It's all right. The match this week. The match this week. Yeah. Rogue Two. Versus the Wicked uh, is what we saw go down. Adam Lavick, Liz Shannon Miller representing Swag, and Jim Vavita and Jared Highbun representing the Rocks Stars. And um, I got to be honest with you, Frank, I didn't know what to go into expecting this, but this is what I thought. I thought Liz Shannon Miller and Jim Vavita were going to hold down the fort because when we saw uh, Liz Shannon Miller last year, I thought a really good showing, right? I mean, uh, in the tournament, she did well. Uh, She had a good little run there. I thought that she was just kind of still putting it all together and getting through some of that those rookie jitters, uh, burning the freshman 15 off, if you will, you know, trying to figure out her way through the game. I saw a lot of promise in her. Then you flash over to Jim Vavita, a guy who I don't think we've seen since the top 10 top that match, or did we saw him once after that? No, that was the, that was the last sighting of Jim Vavita. Yeah, that was the last sighting of Jim Vavita. And, you know, I remember him telling me in the post-match interviews, that, hey, we're about, I'm going to go into singles for a little bit. Right, I'm going to do right. this, I'm going to do that. And then he kind of, he just disappeared. Yeah. And when Roxy drafted him, everyone was like, that's a great pickup. Is he going to play? Right. I don't know. Because um, Roxy famously in the draft did not go with any rookies. She went with all veteran players. So I thought, okay, Vavita, that's an interesting pickup. And then you look at the other sides of the team. You had Adam Lavick. And you had Jared Haibon, or Haibon, however you say it, and uh, Haibon. Well, wait, hold on. Adam and and Liz are teammates. No, I know. 
Right. Oh, you're talking about the inverse of. I'm. I, I'm just talking about. I'm talking. I'm breaking them down. I talked about Liz and Jim. Uh-huh. Now I'm breaking down the other side. It's he, it's Haybon, right? Not Highbon. Well, or is it Highbon? Yeah. Wait. How did you first? Wait. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I know what I'm talking about. Okay. You don't know what you're talking about. No, I, I, I know don't, your role. I guess. Yeah. Right. I know your role and, sh- and shut your mouth. Um. I'm just kidding. Gabe, you had. I don't see what um, you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> then you have Adam Lavick and Jared Ibon. And what I'm saying about them is these are two guys coming from the inner geekdom league. Gotcha. I mean, we've seen them predominantly gotcha. in inner geekdom play. You see that, Frank Janish? I brought it full circle. But it's all right. It's all right. You just yeah. got off the clock. It's okay. It's, it's um, true. Yeah. And so I kind of thought that going into like a regular teams match in the regular league where you have all kinds of questions, not just from the comic book world, I thought that they were going to be the two who were slacking in the teams. However, Adam Lavick... Did a phenomenal job. I mean, of course, they got an intergeekdom category in round two, but he was getting a lot of questions in that round one that um, helped him and Liz Shannon Miller take that, I believe it was like almost a four-point advantage yeah. or something like that. It was that, uh, 14 to going 10 after into round first, two. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, I mean, I know Liz had some great pulls, but Adam w- w- equally impressed me. So those, those were my kind of initial thoughts with that team is that Adam held his own. What were your initial thoughts of both teams? I was very curious to see what Jared would do with Jim and, you know, the Wicked, which is, you know, because they're from, from Boston, you know, they're, they're Wicked. So it was yeah it was fun, you know, the, the whole Boston thing. And I was maybe they should have came out dressed as Ben Affleck and, and Matt Damon from, from Good Will Hunting. I thought, you know, that would have been, been fun. But uh, Good Will Hunting is not exactly a family-friendly movie because they do drop a lot of F-bombs in that, in that movie. But anyways, uh, I was very curious to see what Jerry would do because, to your point, coming from inner geekdom, I I didn't uh, know how he would work in singles. I I assumed he had a decent base of of general movie knowledge. With Jim, it was going to be interesting to see how he could get back into the the fold of the Schmodown, getting back in that mindset of recalling and and because you see it with someone like what we saw with Claudia last week, you can have all this knowledge, but are you able to recall it right away? And you're activating a different part of your brain. Jim's gonna have to be doing that in, in this kind of this uh, his his re-debut, if you will, uh, with this uh, with this team now because he was formerly with Eric Goldman. I mean, they comprised of uh, IGN, mm-hmm. formerly IGN, then was the top that. So, how is he going to fare with Adam Lavick though? I was very much anticipating him getting back into general trivia, uh, that space again, because he came into this league with Hector Navarro as part of Superhero News. They won, I think, like one match. And I still thought, you know, he had... And watching his work over at Hyper RPG and all that stuff, you can tell that he's still very much in the movie space in terms of following and seeing movies all the time and he's very much a cinephile i think so i wanted to see him show a different side to the audience that they have not ever seen or haven't seen in a while uh, i don't know that many people can remember like his his performances with superhero news they were okay but you know you're right he came out in this match put up seven points so did lish and miller and lish and miller what was she going to do after such a long layoff you know losing in the tournament didn't have much to do after that obviously uh, didn't play with the team last year now is with the team now is with the faction what would this dynamic do for her her um her position in the game and i thought this might a lot of i feel like a lot of players do prefer 
to now dabble in teams because there is that support system with someone there at the desk, and then now now you also have a faction behind you. So I think saw a pretty calm Liz for the most part because she's kind of been through this before with all the matches she had last year as a singles player. Now she comes into it with a teammate, Adam Lavick, who, who who is no slouch. And then, yeah, you you throw in the fact that he has this arsenal of inner geekdom knowledge, uh, packed that with Liz Shannon Miller, who who proved to be a pretty formidable opponent last year, decently at least. Uh, didn't end well, but she's still a very... She's a player you have to take notice of. So right. I think, at least in my eyes, I would say the the edge went to Rogue 2 of Liz Shannon Miller and Adam Lavick. I just didn't know what I was going to get from Jared because he was an intergeekdom guy, and even that was was pretty average. And Jim Favita, he hasn't played in a while. What were you going to get? So I was very much interested in this match, and these are all actually veterans of the league. Yeah. So it was, but also dabbling in different areas for the most, except for Jim, he played team matches, but everyone's dabbling in a different area uh, that they had not dabbled in or in quite some time in, in Lavic's case. So... It proved to though pretty early on that Jim Vavida was holding down and, and doing the, the majority of the legwork for his team, uh, especially in that second round when they went to biopics, yeah, which yeah. ironically they got biopics, um, which is what Jim Vavida gave to Roka the last time he was in the league with top ten and top that, which kind of sank their battleship. But Jared, okay. When I was growing up, there was a university down the street from the house I grew up in, and it was St. Thomas University. And if you lived in the neighborhood, they let you buy a little pass to go, and you could use their swimming pool and their gym and ping pong table, racquetball court, basketball court. They let you do that. So my neighbor and I, who were about the same age, he had a pass, and you got to guess. So we went. We would go all the time, and we'd play basketball or ping pong or whatever. We went to go play basketball one time. And there were there was a group of, of about eight guys playing a pickup game against one another. And so we were kind of just sitting there on the sideline with our ball in the hand. And they're all college-age guys, right? We're in maybe eighth or ninth grade at the time. And they said, hey, do y'all want to play? And we said, no, it's all right. You know, we'll wait till y'all are done. And they said, no, no, no. We're four on four right now. Y'all can join in. Y'all just guard each other, right? And I was like, okay, we could do that. So now we're playing this pickup game. You know, these eight grown men and these two kids. And at one time, the guy passed, one of the guys passed me the ball. I start dribbling and I go to drive it. And the co- one of the college players who wasn't supposed to guard me just stuffed me in the face. <laughs> I mean, just boom. I mean, get this out of here, kid. And he even celebrated afterwards. Was right? it Gabriel? It w- uh, <laughs> Who? Peter LaFleur? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, so when that happened, like, I mean, he hard-checked me, too. This was like bad boy piston style okay. throwing me around. He was like John Sally, and I was a 30-pound lighter Michael Jordan. And throws me on—I mean, I fall on the ground, and I get up. He asked me if I'm okay. I said yes as I try to fight the tears back. And I realized then, maybe I don't belong on this court right yeah, now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I say that to say— Maybe Jared Highbond, maybe this isn't where he needs to be right now, right? Um, he didn't do great in round one. I don't know how many points that he got, but I'm four. assuming it was below league average. Yeah, four. And then he didn't 
have to answer a single question in round two. And I don't want to say that, hey, questions are questions. And if you get them, you get them. A pretty, pretty soft two-pointer for him in rom-coms. Essentially, who's the female lead in Silver Linings Playbook? Right. Um, not, not the most difficult of questions. It's a two-pointer. I just, I, I don't, yeah, I know. Um, and that's what I'm saying. But I, I just don't think that these two match together. I don't think that Jim should have been on the court with Jared. I, I think that they could find a better team up because when you get into deep waters with a team who's a bit stronger and a little bit more evenly balanced, they're going to hard check you and you're going to realize you're in high school and they're in college. So that definitely is kind of the prevailing thought, it seems like, in some of the comments that I've seen. And I get it. Four points in the first round, not exactly um, desirable. But also, Jim Veda, look, let's not look. He also didn't blow the waters, you know, or blow the blow the waters, blow the doors off the place either. With six points, that's you know, he's this is a guy who would put up seven, eight points, you know, and uh, you know, he talked about how he should have gotten that that one question. Um, oh, what was it? I forget which one he was talking about, but he should have had seven basically. I forget which question he was talking about, and so, but it's about getting back into the rhythm of the game. Jared, I think also the same thing, kind of getting back into the rhythm. He hasn't played in quite a while. Energeekdom, obviously different material, but still the format, the pressure, the lights, the crowd, and all that stuff. The studio, um, still get reacclimated to that, but that's not a terrible adjustment to make. I think though with with Jared. I do think he's actually a pretty decent pairing with Jim because he brings that inner geekdom knowledge. And while Jared isn't competing for an inner geekdom title anytime soon, his level of IG knowledge is supremely tailored for the level of questions you're going to get in singles or teams. So I think he brings value to that. Uh, to to Jim in that in that regard. Now, Jared does he have to do some homework? Absolutely, and and like he knows that you're you know everyone we're saying stuff that he already knows, right? So, but right. you just got to go do it. And I think once you kind of get that kick in your rear, where it's like, yeah, I don't want to let this guy down, Jim. I think he he's the real deal. Look what he did in biopics, and he's gonna have better mm-hmm. first rounds going forward. It's up to Jared. I think Jared will recognize it's up to him that he's got to pick up the slack. And I think he will put in some work to at least because he's got to start hitting at least six points, at least six points mm-hmm. in the first round. Which is league average, right? Right. And, and then once you get to that second round, he becomes less of a quote-unquote liability for Jim. And let's say they hit you know maybe a fancy sci-fi category and there's some – comic book movies thrown in there and and Jim does what he does you have a really solid pairing for for round two and even if it's like the drama category 90s you're gonna have confidence in Jim and Jared's still gonna be no slouch so he can contribute in ways and then once you get to the final round Jared is probably and should probably take the two-pointer 99% of the time giving the status of the match and whatnot so there is a formula there for Jared and Jim to succeed. I just think that Jared does have to do a little bit more work, and I think he will. So I'm interested to see what their next match will look like, how Jim will play, how Jared will play in that first round specifically, and you know, and then go from there. Uh, this thing, this matchup, rather, 
wasn't something that's I think you're going to look at and go championship material. Uh, no, right. But I think it has a possibility of making waves in in the Schmodown and get some points for the Rockstars because they need points and they're going to play a, another lower level team and a lower ranked team after this match if they get a second match depending on how the rest of this year works out they should get a, another and i think they could probably win that matchup more than likely if jared does you know what he needs to do to help carry the load in some capacity because right now you're right it's it's not at a level where he needs to be and we'll, we'll see what happens there we'll see what roxy can do uh with this duo yeah and and, and here's the thing my my analogy of, of when I went to go play basketball with those college ball players, I, I didn't know, hey, during this game, this isn't where I should be. You know, this is this one isn't for me. And that's my thing with Jared is I think that he can be a good balance to Jim. Just in this in this particular instance, and this is the first time we've seen them, this is all I can go off of. Um, I'm the boat. I'm not a mind reader. You know, I'm not Miss Cleo. I can't see the future. What I can just see is analyze what was in front of me. I don't feel like he held up the end of the bargain. It's not to say that he can't, and that's where I agree with yeah. you. It's not to say that he can't, and, and if you're right, this was a kick in the rear, which it obviously was. I mean, he was interchangeable with Peter LaFleur in this case, <laughs> and if he <laughs> – that's a joke because Peter LaFleur's a loser. Um, well, in the end, he I'm won. just kidding. He? I just – who? Peter LaFleur. Oh, no, no. I'm, no, that Peter LaFleur. Well, <laughs> not, not our Peter LaFleur. <laughs> Okay. RP LaFleur soundtrack to his life. Oh boy, there he is. Um, but uh, I'm just joking about Jared. I don't. I don't think he was losing because, like, like I said, he knew in that second round of biopics, he knew that Jim had it. The thing was, it's 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 almost like there were certain nights where Scotty was only going to score four, and he knew Mike was going to score forty five, and he was right. just like, "Here, Mike, you take it. Just take it. Right. Just take it. I know you're going to get it." So I, I'm not really faulting him too much for that, but I think that the round one performance was what he really needs to tighten up on because had that been a little bit tighter, this game could have been different. And here's the thing. We were one tick away from opponent's choice for Rogue Two. They ended up getting DC movies, which is like a layup and a half for it them. It was Spinner's only Choice, had, like Rexy said, for them, yeah. Yeah, they only, they only had to go to uh, multiple on one, and that was the Swamp Thing question. They missed that one. Uh, and and the wicked got the steal. Jim picked it up. Yeah, wasn't enough. Wasn't enough to to turn the tide. So I think that there's a lot of great there. Jim was knocking off some cobwebs. Jared knows where he needs to build on. You know, I'm Team Rockstars all day long. So we'll see what they can do going forward. On the other hand, Rogue Two. I really like this team, man. I don't know if they're title contenders just yet, but I really like this team. There's a lot to like about them. For me, I need to see them play another game. And the reason why I need to see them play another game, there's a multitude of reasons, but one, that second round. What would you do if the category or the wheel doesn't fall your way? How do you fare in something that isn't your strength? That's what I want to know. I'm not saying, I'm not faulting them for getting it whatsoever. That's the way of the wheel. They capitalized on it. They won the match. They're winners. They're not Peter LaFleur's. But my thing with them is I want to see what happens when they get into deep water and they have to fight back with a category they're not comfortable with. If they do that well, man, I don't know. This yeah. could be something. And see, what's interesting is Jim and, and Jim Vavita and Jared Haven, they should be looking at Liz Shannon Miller and Adam Lab to look at that team up because that's exactly what they want to be. That's what they want to be. And they're not at that level. Liz Shannon Miller is would be your Jim Vavita, obviously, and Adam Lab to your Jared. So it's Adam who who brings a plethora of of knowledge just outside of inner geekdom on a level that 
if he was if Adam Lavin was paired up with Jim Vavita, you know, you take that knowledge base and you throw that into Jared, you're looking at two teams that are comprised very similarly, except in this case, you know, Jared is you would consider the weak link. With Adam Lavick and Liz Shannon Miller, this is a very well put well put together duo created by the mind of Winston Marshall and uh, look, I want to take <laughs> some the credit mind of Winston Marshall. Yeah, I want to take some credit for a little bit of this because he says oh, whoa, he, whoa, whoa, he whoa. says who's the heel now? Winston Peter said Ford? he did his research, and you know what? I'm not gonna lie. A lot. There's some folks, some manders out there drafting that day that had my draft board. Um, just saying. Mm-hmm. But anyways, and you know, what, you know. No, I mean. But all credit to Winston. Job. He had to pull the trigger on the pulls on on the picks. So, you know, he had to you know do some research as well. But he looked at how things were laid out, and he put together Adam Lavick and Liz Shannon Miller. Like we said, Liz. You know, she had a tough match against Paul Oyama and then another tough one against Paul Preston. Was it Paul Preston? Um, and, or no, Ben Bateman. Was it Ben Bateman? Mm-hmm. Ben Bateman, right? I think I think it was Ben Bateman. She was on so, the left side of the bracket. Yeah, right? yeah. I think it was Ben Bateman. Yeah, it was Ben. So, it was, she had a, still a pretty good good year. And, and also, she, remember, she was kind of hyped up by the Ethan Irwin camp of... She's just as good as Ethan Irwin. Now, that obviously did not come to fruition. She didn't win the title and all this stuff. But, I mean, she went 3-0 and to start the year. Kind of ended a little bit rocky. But she has a formidable base of knowledge that you just can't sleep on. And you pair that with Adam Lavick, who is who is more versed in IG and in general movie trivia. You put those two together. Adam got seven points in that first round, just like Liz Shannon Miller. DC, you know, specialized category. This is what a guy like Adam Lavick... When you get a formidable inner geekdom player or even close to the top tier and they're good in general movie trivia kind of like a Rachel Cushing I'm not comparing Adam Lavick to Rachel Cushing that's night and day there but with respects to Adam Lavick uh you take that similar model and you put him with a really good trivia player like Lish and Miller general trivia you're going to see some good results from that. And this, I think, was the first of what could be a decent year for this for Rogue 2. And let me tell you, Swag is putting together quite the campaign with some of the wins they've racked up. Now, they have three wins on the year, uh, all three coming via TKO, which is very interesting. And with TKOs come an additional bonus point with your win. So they're looking pretty good. And... They're you know, and also look at their top dog, Paul Oyama. He didn't even win his match against Roka. So once Paul Oyama right. gets rolling, right, he's gonna start racking up some points. You got this nice team, and and Liz and Adam Lavigan. Oh, oh, by the way, Paul Oyama, Lon Harris. So Ag is looking really good, and then you got Chandra going for the IG title. They're looking really, really good. But right now, I think with Adam and Liz. They, they're going to be some problems coming up, going up the ranks because I think they are going to be better than most teams. But once they start playing, let's, let's see if they can play uh, um, uh, the pride of Rachel Silvestrini and Ben Goddard. That would be mm, that's a good interesting matchup. matchup. I really like that. Right? Um, I like that matchup. But I know but uh, the pride, they have a matchup against Real Rejects coming up in a couple mm-hmm. weeks, so... 
we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what Rogue Two, their next matchup looks like. Um, that could be a cool um, clash right there because right now they're they're tied with points at ten, but the Den has a slightly better record than Swag, so it kind of gives them that edge there. It's gonna be interesting with with these with Rogue Two and Swag in general. It's it's pretty exciting to see that there's some competition there at the top between at least the Den and Swag because Finstock Exchange, you know, they have a couple more matches above everybody else, and they've played in title matches and they have the points. They have a six point lead, so yeah, we'll see what happens yeah. there. And then and then corruption, they're gonna face Tommy <clears throat> Fathers and all that stuff. So things are gonna get really rolling here once we get back into the swing of things. Kind of got sidetracked there, sorry, but. Rogue Two. Oh, yeah, you're it's, fine. You're fine. Rogue Two. Rogue, Rogue Two. I'm excited to see what they can through. possibly do. Yeah, they could be something, man. But and, and and the thing is, it's all about reps. Yeah. And once once they get more reps, we can really see how far they can go. Um, and I think that I really do like that matchup with with the pride. I think that that could be a real because when a real you barn burner, man. When you look at kind of uh, the attitude that's on Rachel and Ben, and you can and you juxtapose that to Adam and Liz, it's like. Whew. If you want to ratchet up the heat on the pride, this is the team. To, that's the team to do it against. <laughs> do you think though we would have an exclamation of "We're healed"? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you, Brad. I kind of hate hearing that. It, it kind of is just like. We're do you better, know what? Aren't we better than that? But I mean, at the same time, it's kind of funny. But at the other, in, I in, think I, I think I think that I I was the one who really called attention to that one. I really do. I think that that was me. Well, I think that I, I was the one who originally called attention to it in my little heel one on one promo. Um, yeah, and then it kind of caught on after that, and uh, and I don't hate it. I, I like it uh, quite a bit. Now Peter might hate it <laughs> because I said yeah. it, but um, if I uh, had a dime for everything that Peter said that I cared about, I'd have zero dimes. Um, so that's just how that goes. <laughs> You know that that was fun. Could I oh, just? Yeah. That was fun. Uh, I cracked myself up. You know, uh, it's hard to be the boat. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited though to see in all seriousness what Rogue Two does going forward. Yeah. And and that was that was a match though. I want to say that I I you know sometimes when you just see the marquee, you're like, oh, this is good. That's good. I'm excited for that match. I'm excited for this one. This was one. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, cool, whatever. For sure. And then I saw it. And I was like. Man, I'm all in. I like, but and I do. I like both the teams. I like both the teams. I think Rogue Two's got a lot to, lot to, a lot of road ahead of them, um, and, and a lot of. Um, I can't think of what I'm trying to say. A lot of dollar signs in their future is what I'm trying. I don't know what that means, but that's what I'm going with. Okay. And then um, Jared and Jim, they got some work to do. They definitely do. And and, and here's the other thing, because I do feel like I harped a little bit too hard on on Jared. Jim, like you said, went six. Uh, in the first round, right. wiped out the biopics. That was his shining moment because yes. in round three, he misses his three, and they don't get the five at all. Jared's the only one who hits in round three. So I don't, I just don't want to come off like I'm dumping on Jared. I just think that, you know, knowledge level, He's there's a big yeah. gap between yeah. them, especially in the regular movies. But they both had some some flaws that didn't line up for them. And, and the thing is, Rogue Two might have gotten that DC movie, or DC movies, they didn't even have to go in round three. Right. So as the, even though that was kind of their spinner's choice, had they landed on something else and done somewhat similar or two or three points less, they still had their two, three, and five. 
to come back on. So I think that the game was almost sewn up just a little bit um, by Rogue Two after round two. So those are the thoughts. Y'all let us know what you think in the comments because I, I'd be interested to see who y'all would pick between a Rogue Two and a Prime. Yeah. but And, and I want to talk about what Winston did before the match. But before we get to that, I, I want to say that Jim and and Jared going with biopics after knowing, you know, with Jim's history, the biopics and the whole Roka Think Top 10. It is a gutsy move to take biopics like that because you're kind of goaded like into taking it at that point. Yeah, Especially like when you it. said it in your promo. And you're like, if we land on it, we got to take it, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's one thing to say it in a promo because then the odds of you, if you land on it are, you know, 1 in 12. So it's like, okay, it may or may not happen. But then it happens on your first spin, and you've said in your back. promo, and you know all this history, and Woo. Jim's kind of looking for some redemption there. To take it, though, it still takes guts, because if you take it and you flop, it's it's going to be the worst thing ever. It's going to be worse, just so much more worse. You're never going to live it down, but to take it and to do what they did in that round um, worked out very, very well in, in terms of redeeming yourself in a way in a way it's not fully redeemable it's never fully redeemable to make an error a blunder like that in a match but okay i can kind of we can kind of put it to bed a little bit even though i think most people have forgotten but we can kind of put it to bed so i thought hey big time gust to take biopics and then you know pretty much uh, knock it out of the park yeah ma'am uh i i did like that that was something that because i remember sitting in the studio in the top 10 top that match when they gave Roka biopics and everybody just kind of looked at each other like, what? Uh, did they just what? Do? Why would you do what? that? What? What? Yeah, that was an interesting um, do you, moment. Do you, what was it? Um, This is a deep pull. Have you ever seen Grown Ups 2? No, actually I have not. Oh. What? <laughs> if, you, if you've seen it, you know what that is. I mean, I've heard plenty of people pull. say what before, you know. It's like, like that though? What? Yeah, you know where I'm from? You're from Chicago? Yeah, they say that. So They say it like that? Almost exclusively, yeah. So What? Yeah, like that. Like yeah, that? yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good imitation. Really? Why why do they do that? Because something crazy happened. And they go, What? What what is the yeah. what is the best Chicagoan slang? Chicagoan? Chicagoan. Yeah. Chicagoan slang. Chicagoan sounds much better. Yeah. <laughs> Chicagoan <laughs> slang, what's the... I mean... there's Okay, so whenever... Uh, if you're watching a Blackhawks game on TV, mm-hmm. and you're in you're in the third period, and the clock reads uh, 3 minutes and 33 seconds, the announcer always... Uh, he always goes... Um, you know, when you're in the... It's a uh, tree, 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 and a turd, and it's, you know, it's kind of just, you know... It's one of those Chicago thing? things, you know. So... Obviously, like uh, the bears, you know, all that stuff where you kind of emphasize the S, you know, the bears and the bolts. And, uh, you know, we're going to have uh, uh, Michael Jordan, Sucks. one of the greatest uh, basketball players of all time. And he's, uh, you know, <laughs> and if he goes up against Mike Ditka, I don't know who's going to win that match. But I can tell you this, uh, it's going to be uh, 722 to 1 uh, in favor of Ditka. And that's only because he's a hurricane. Uh, what else can I tell? You know? <laughs> so, hey, you that go. was pretty good. There you go. That was pretty good. Stop bears. I got to give you some credit. Stop bears. That was funny. Yeah. That was funny. I like that. Yeah. Um, the only like Houston sports tradition I can think of that's similar to that is um, 
at a Rockets game when the national anthem's being sang. Um, every time they say, and the Rockets red glare, oh, okay. I mean, the whole crowd starts cheering. Cool, cool. Everyone's like, yeah! You know? Nice. Yeah, um, so that's the only thing that we have. In Chicago during the national anthem, uh, we just cheered the entire song the ent- from start to finish. It started. You, oh, you really? Yes, I'm serious. So, like, we'll have Jim Cornelison come out and uh, from the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, or he's some sort of opera singer. I forget his exact title, but he comes. He would do it for Blackhawk games, and all, every single time the crowd would start would just cheer in the old Chicago Stadium and then moved into United Center. And from beginning to end, it was just clapping and cheering the entire time he's singing, and then eventually morphed over into. Um, like Bears games and things of that nature. Every time he would sing the national anthem, you're cheering because that's kind of kind of what he's attached with. And so it's a really cool atmosphere um, and a great way to you know honor the country and all that stuff. So it's fun. Chicago. Well, well, shout out to shout out to the shy. Speaking of the shy, to close the show this week, we are going to have something fun that we wanted to try out. Again, Frank uh, Frank and I are in love with the Last Dance episodes three and four dropped last Sunday. Five and six this Sunday. I can't uh, some, today when some of you are watching yeah. this. Um, I cannot be more excited for the, for these next ones. But I wanted to thank. Okay, let's take five of the most prominent Bulls personalities mm-hmm. um, and compare them to people <laughs> in the movie trivia showdown. Yeah. Not their level of play because not all these people are players, but uh, compare their personality types that we've learned from the Last Dance to their uh, showdown counterparts. So the five people that we came up with was Michael Jordan, obviously, yeah. Scotty Pippen, mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson, and I'm going to say Steve Kerr, or we could go Jerry Krause. Which one do you want to do? Uh, I'd rather go Steve Kerr because I don't want to make fun of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you already have someone in mind for Jerry yeah, Krause. Yeah, 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 let's move on. <laughs> okay. Okay, we'll go Steve Kerr. Okay. We'll go Steve Kerr. Ooh. Okay, so – Let's start with Steve Kerr because Steve Kerr is a guy who's always kind of been around in a great position. He's found himself in a great position all the time, whether it be in the Bulls or when he went to the Spurs and then lucked into having one of the greatest teams of all time with the uh, Golden State Warriors. Who is somebody who just always finds themselves in the right position? I think I would equate Steve Kerr with Emma Fife. Mm, that's not a bad pick. Yeah. Why Emma Five? So aside from play, because Steve Kerr was really great, you know, was a pretty good basketball player. Emma, For she sure. played in, she's played in all the divisions, uh, singles teams and inner geekdom to varying levels of success. Um, but then she moved on to to manage managing the Shire was the greatest, one of the arguably the greatest team of all time. Much like Steve yeah. Kerr moved on to coach Golden State Warriors. Um, I think Emma knows. A ton about the Schmodown on different in different aspects, whether it's commentating, managing, uh, whether it's um, you know post match interviews, things of that nature, playing the game. Steve Kerr has been a commentator, played the game. He's the coach of the Golden State Warriors, so I think they have a lot of a lot a lot of things in common in that regard. Uh, and I I also think you know both are very thoughtful in terms of what the game means, their presence means, and and, and, and the messages that they put out there given their platform. So I think they are similar uh, in those regards. That's actually a phenomenal pick. Yeah, I'm kind of That's a phenomenal pick. That's super impressed. great. That's a great pull. <laughs> um, for me, Steve Kerr is 
Koi John Drew. Okay. Koi John Drew, a guy who had a, a, a fine career, a good career. You know, you know, it was fine. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't as a player, it wasn't phenomenal. It wasn't lackluster. It was fine, right? It was fine. You're not going to more like mention... notorious than, than anything. Well, you know what? You might be right, but I'm thinking sure. more on the physical. I'm thinking more of the physical build of the two guys. You know what I mean? Well, that's you have case, like average nose, but you know, average height, white guys in shape, um, who look like they can hit like from beyond the arc. But I, I guess I only say Koi. Yeah. Emma Fife's the right pick, but I say Koi, player, okay. gone into management. Has a great team. Yeah. A lot of promise. Uh, drafted well. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the Warriors. So well, that's mine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Drafted okay. good. He drafted like good. One. Okay. Let's go to Phil Jackson. Who is the Zen master of the movie trivia Schmodown? I think I have this one. For me, the Zen master of the movie trivia Schmodown, the person who keeps the pulse going, who is the heartbeat, who is the soul of the movie trivia Schmodown is Mark Ellis. Mark Ooh. Ellis is reliable. He's always there. He knows how to steer the conversation and the game in the right way. And when a controversial challenge is made, he stays calm, cool, collected, and finds an end result that might not everyone agree with, but you can't say that he isn't honest about it. Mark Ellis is the Phil Jackson of the movie Trivia Schmodown. Okay, see, I was going to say Mark Riley. I think he also brings a level of uh, even keelness, much like Phil did. You know, the Zen. He, he very rarely have you have we ever seen Riley get hot. He has it has happened. You know, especially in the. Rivalry. It's not a big effing right. deal. Well, aside from that, when uh, he had the rivalry with Roca going for the belt again, him and, and Roca uh, were kind of going. So we have seen times where he gets a little hot, but for the most part. He's a guy that kind of rolls with the punches, goes with the flow, and, and is a calming presence. Everyone loves Mark Riley. Everyone loves Phil Jackson. You know, they have they just go about mm-hmm. their business and, and approach it from uh, a place of fun, which I think Mark Riley does with the Schmodown, as well as Phil did with 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 basketball. And he was part Riley's part of Wolves of Steel, and is part of you know another great team, just like Phil was a part of two great teams, legendary teams. Um, Who's the boss? And Wolves of Steel are some of the best teams we've ever seen. Not quite, didn't get you know the ring at the end of the day, but you know not everyone does. So, uh, but I I like the Mark Ellis pick. It's it's pretty good. I don't know. Who, I'm I'm torn between both of them. Which one? Yeah, would I think the we will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Now we go to a fun one. Who is the Dennis Rodman of the movie trivia showdown? And we easy. should have the same exact. This we easy. should have this. this uh, one, two. Three, Bobby Tom Dagnino. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, take it. That's an easy. That's, that's it. an easy one. That's it. <laughs> you know, I mean, no explanation. Did he need it? No, no further thought. Exactly. No theory. Dennis Rodman, Tom Dagnino, Bobby Gucci, Finn Stock. It just is too easy. Okay, harder one. Who is the Scotty Pippen? Yeah. Hmm. Of the movie Trivia Schmodown, a guy who is going to be always be known as a really, really solid number two, one of, probably the best second man in the history of the league. Oh uh, well, maybe I think he's way up there. I mean, when you think of Scotty, you think of you couldn't get it done without him. Mike, as great as he was, couldn't win until he came around. Soft-spoken guy, not the most charismatic in the world. 
Yeah. Who is mm. the Scotty Pippen of the movie trivia showdown? I have my idea. I think I'm going to go with... Man, this is tough because... Because like at the same time, Scotty Pippen was also undervalued in, in certain regards. Mm-hmm. Much like yes. I think Drew McWeeny was also kind of undervalued. Wasn't very flamboyant about his personality in the showdown. Top-level player, obviously. He won a title with Sam Levine and teams. Uh, hasn't done anything since uh, Sam Levine. Not to say Sam Levine's Michael Jordan, but uh, I think I, I would lean Drew McQueen as as, Scottie, as the Scottie Pippen. So my Scottie Pippen, my Scottie Pippen would be, like I said, a soft-spoken guy mm-hmm. who isn't going to be a lot of trouble Right, he's gonna be very reliable to his teammates, uh, especially his star player Michael Jordan. And Michael couldn't get it done without Scotty, and Mike Kalinowski couldn't get it done without Chance Ellison. Mm. Chance Ellison, okay, is a quality player. Okay, high high accuracy rating. Yeah, he's never going to be in the conversation as at least right now as the greatest player of all time. But next to Mike Kalinowski, he is such a crucial, crucial, crucial yeah. player for Mike. Mike needs chance to be a champion. They did it together. I think that they could do it again. That is why, for me, Chance Ellison is the Scotty Pippen of the movie Trivia Schmoda. I think the mere fact that I'm like, I'm not saying you're crazy. I think it's credence to, to, to that. It could, yeah, it could work. It could work. It could work. It could work. I okay. Like okay. Finally. Oh, no. Who is no not not I not their play, yeah. not their legacy. Who is personality type the Michael Jordan of the movie trivia? I hate Shmodown. my answer. By the way, I hate my answer. Uh oh. Uh oh. Who is your answer. answer? I hate my. No, you say you go first. Well, for me, the first name that sticks out. Yeah. When I think of Michael Jordan, the intense desire to win. A man who will do whatever it takes to finish the game and to finish it with a W. Someone who is fiery. Someone who doesn't mind yelling, screaming, shouting, cursing. That man is the outlaw, yep. John Rocha. Yep. Personality type. Personality, yeah. Is the Michael Jordan of the movie Trivia Schmodown. He's somebody who's going to always be regarded as one of the greatest of all time. And he has perhaps the biggest will to win. More than anybody in the history of the game, he wants to win. When he loses, he is as upset as anybody in the world. And when he wins, you say, that man is unstoppable. John Rocha is the Michael Jordan of the movie Trivia Schmoda. Unfortunately, that's my answer as well. Um, I will will say, though, I did give... A second of, to think that Bateman, a little. Bateman's close for me, but right. he only just started becoming uh, this type of player in the past year. Roka's been like this from the get-go, since the gates opened. He's yeah. been like this. So that's why Roka definitely popped in my mind at, at very, the very first one, popped into my mind. Uh, Bateman, a little bit right there. Um but yeah, Roka, he's always had that fire. You always hear about it. 
have heard about yeah. it, you know. Um, I've but seen th- it. Yeah. But to be fair, he's not the only player that, that goes crazy. I mean, like Kevin Smets, he goes crazy with his drive to want to win and what he will do uh, to achieve that. So I, I, I got to throw him in there as well. But he's only been around a year, so he hasn't quite built up. That rep. That, yeah, that rep. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's Roka, but I think we got we got a pretty good five, I think. I think that's off. good. So, so, yeah, I mean, I think Emma Fife is probably the best choice. Yeah. Mark Ellis or Riley. You could go either way. I, I, would, I would actually Tom, go – I would go Ellis, though. I would I would, I would okay. go Ellis, yeah. So we got Ellis. We'll go Ellis. Tom Dagnino. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Great. Chance Ellison? Okay. Or Drew? Okay. No, I, either one. I like the chance one just because, I th- yeah, I like I like I think more people are sleeping on have slept on chance more than they slept on Drew, right? So and then we'll go John Roca, John Roca, uh, for for but for Michael Jordan. The one fun, person fun we we need to kind of make another comparison is who's Dennis Rodman? What? Who's 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 the Dennis Rodman? Because I have an idea. I thought I thought we said Tom Dagnino. No, I thought we were talking about um shit. Oh man, wow. I am. What was? What were we talking about? I was just assuming Dagnino was his own thing. Dagnino was Dagnino. Oh wow, wow. That's just normally. I would I would edit this out, but I'm I'm much too lazy to edit it out, so I'm gonna keep this in. So as, All right. as, as we were, as we were. Wow. <laughs> okay, what just well, happened to me? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm freaking out. Because I'm freaking my own, out a little bit. I was like Jeff Snyder would be a good Dennis Rodman. I now I thought about Jeff Snyder. Yeah. I did think about Jeff Snyder. Why am I thinking because... somebody else then? I don't know what happened there. I, you know, you're right. I was just came off the clock 40 minutes ago. So you know, you know, who Jeff Snyder is. He's Isaiah Thomas. Oh yes, a hundred percent. Well, and Bill Lambier. He's like all. He's, yeah. like, he's the entire Detroit Pistons. He is. Yeah. Um, I think he's Isaiah Thomas. That's my that's my pick. Um, well, Frank, I think this has been a fun show. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Um, once again, tell me, tell me the gentleman's name who left the comment. What's his name again? Um. Phil Collins. What's his actual name? What's oh, his actual name? Peter or not? <laughs> it's Gabriel Gabriel Larue. I think it was Gabriel Larue. Larue. Gabriel Larue. Hey, yeah. In all honesty, I appreciate your comment. I appreciate your views. I appreciate your fandom for the movie trivia Schmodown. You don't have to like the boat. The boat doesn't have to like you. You think he made it this both... far in the episode? <laughs> no. You're... <laughs> well, I'm just letting them know it's all in good fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some people, you know, they have thinner skin than others. And I'm not saying he's thin-skinned. I don't know the man. He lives behind a keyboard. Okay, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gabriel, I'm glad that you're a fan of the movie Chubby Schmodown. I am too. And your opinion is just as valid as anybody else's. So shout out to you. Frank Janish, why don't you let the people know where they can find you and follow you? And that was sincere. I, I just like to have fun with people. But go ahead. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at FrankieJ29. And I do the podcast show thing with PJ Campbell on the PJ Campbell Network called Something Rotten, where we talk about a movie that was rated rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Check out the PJ Campbell Network channel on YouTube for that. Man... I cannot wait till we talk about Home Alone 2. I got to get on that. I'm telling you, I got to get on it. Got to get on it. Got to get on it. 
But um, you can find me on all social media at Brad Gilmore. Um, check out my book, Back from the Future, Celebration of the Greatest Time Travel Story Ever Told. It's the number one bestseller on Amazon. That's pretty hey. cool. I didn't expect that. And I think a lot of it is due to this incredible Schmodown community, the movie lovers. I actually got a message. I want to shout him out. I want to shout him out because he's a rundown fan. And he messaged me earlier. This isn't like the, the guy that we talked about a second ago, uh, Gabriel. Uh, Wiley Todd said, I hope he doesn't mind me using this, just saying this because this was in the... Uh, DMs, but he said, found you through the rundown, and when you released your book, I was a fan, so I bought your book, even though I'm not a big Back to the Future fan. I started to read the book, and I can definitely say it's top two books, even for me, that I have read that I can't put down. That is from my man, Wiley Todd, and uh, he's not a big Back to the Future fan, but he said, I couldn't even put the book down. I couldn't put it down. Top two books, your book and the Bible, that's, that's some good company. I'm assuming. I, I, maybe. I mean, it's a real page turn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, just, uh, I just couldn't. Yeah. I don't know if I want to equate my book to the Bible. Let's just not do that. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. His other book is probably um, um, Small Steps by Louis Satchar. That was a real page turner for me when I was a kid. If you don't know about it, uh, go look at it. I was, I was, really it gonna, I was probably going to say Ken Napsok's book, but... Kins is good. Kins is good. Yeah. Uh, why we love Star Jason Wars. You check that out too. Super Soldiers. I think it's titled Super Jiggity Soldiers. Jason Inman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's another good one. Yeah. All, all through uh, the good people over there at Mango. So yeah. shout out to shout out to Mango. Um, for Frank Janish, though, I am Brad Gilmore, also known as. Oh my God! You're my dreamboat. For sure. He is West Coast Frank. <laughs> this is the Schmodown Rundown, and we will see you next week. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X dot com.